Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's happening. To another episode of The Strange Road. I'm your host, Mikey, as always, riding shotgun, Bub. How you doing, Bub? I'm great. Yeah, what's happening? A lot. Strange happenings. Lots. That's what's happening. <laughs> and trick, as trick always, question. Was trick, that a question. trick question. It was. I thought I'd get in your head early on, and yeah. we'll see how feisty we can get. Okay. Uh, as always, of course, stoner, master control, the wizard, hitting all the magical buttons, making everything look awesome. And Disbro's riding uh, with stone and master control Absolutely. once again. Thank both of them so much. Uh, we see Necros in the chat. Tombstone, what's happening? Floods. Floods. All anybody watching, listening, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, we we really do. And uh, you know, we have uh, last week was fun. We last got to be on uh, D. A. Roberts X Machina podcast. What a ball that was! We went four hours. Uh, Necro made an incredible image. Yes, he did. Post show image yes. collage. We always enjoy. D. A. Got such a kick out of it. I was chatting <laughs> with him on the side. He absolutely was losing it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, oh, Tombs, are you coming in from down under? Yeah. Today. Hey. <laughs> well, there you go. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you there. Oh, no. No, there'll be plenty of sidetracks. I'm I'm prepared. Yeah, the show with uh, the DA and uh, Robbie and yep. Anthony. Shout out to Robbie and um, Anthony. Thank you guys for having us on. Thank you for the hospitality, the great conversation. That was fun. All the laughs, all the movie references. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We it, got them on so many tangents. Well, I, I'd like to say... You probably are always the majority of getting people, but Anthony, he really liked to sidetrack both of us together. Yeah, yeah. Skyline chili conversations yeah. to That's what you call two left turns uh, somehow making a right. Um, but lots of subscribers from the DAX Machina crew family. Yeah, you know whatever uh, they, they like to be called, but uh, you know the supporters of that show. Uh, made their way over to our little show. So, right. you know, we have some uh, new subscribers, so we really appreciate Absolutely. the opportunity to kind of get in front of some folks that maybe never knew about the strange road. So it's cool. Yeah, it, it definitely, it, I I don't think of us as guests a lot of time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think of myself as a guest worthy person. I'm like, hey, if somebody <laughs> wants to let me ask them like a bunch of questions and, and kind of like politely interrogate you for a yep. few hours, like that's great. Yep. Um, but I don't ever think of myself necessarily as a guest. So that was kind of fun to get on there and, and like I told somebody earlier, just get out what we like talking about too. Like not yeah. that we don't enjoy yeah. having guests or but kind of strange happenings lets us do a little bit. Yeah. But we still have to rely on the headline or topic. To come out in the news, right? Yeah. When we go on, when we went on DA show, we were just like, yep. let us loose. That, yep. That's why I was like, when we hit four hours doing that live stream, I was like, yes. four hours. Oh and, my and look, we have uh, Burton Moran from Local Legends. What up, Burton? Burton, what's happening? Chatting, sidebarring with Burton. Could be something brewing with Burton. Trying to get the Local Legends. Get the brew going. Uh, there could be some things in the works for uh, uh, something this week. Oh, Maybe. So much fun. Uh, w w we shall see. So uh, we'll keep an ear for that. Did you want to read through some shout outs? Bob? Yeah, yeah. I can dig through some of these here. Okay. Quick. So uh, just to, just to yeah. give some preface to this, right? Like we are really close to hitting some metrics. You know, it's one of the things you have to look at to grow a show. We want to make it bigger so we can reach more people. And obviously, so we can kind of do this a little bit easier than we currently do, right? It takes takes a good amount of effort, but we really enjoy doing it. So we can't really stop ourselves. And it's kind of like 
mining for gold is the way I think of it almost like, you know, I want to be able to get in front of people. And if you don't like our stuff, that's one thing. That's totally understandable. We're not your bag. You know, we don't, we don't appeal to you. I get it. You know, not everything is for everybody. I don't watch everything. You don't have to, but to have that opportunity to get in front of people on DA show and be able to kind of have that opening. That's where we got Joseph Beer. That's where we got Chrissy Painter, Angel Valadares, Jesse Peacock, um, Tack, Sabrina E, uh, <laughs> Quaybot, Sheila Ebeline. I mean, we've got like three or four pages. Ryan Corbin, Susan Brookman. Um, we had a lot of you guys and gals uh, jumping in the show the other night. We had a lot of really nice comments of like, can't wait to have the strange road back on part two, et cetera. It was just like, all right. I'm working cool. on a like, part two with DA right now. Yeah. Like we're there. There are some thrilled. things that I'd like to get a little deeper. Uh, DA oh God, yeah. is um, into the Giants and has been kind of digging into that. Uh, but that's a topic that we can definitely dive deeper into and kind of super hush hush. We have a guest that's a giant researcher. Oh, yeah. We're not going to spill the beans just yet, but uh, coming in up a, in, a, in an area where you wouldn't expect there to be giants right. or giant legends or right. giant skeletons, but right. uh, keep stay tuned for that. Yeah, excited for that. We did a research episode on giant skeletons we in did. the Smithsonian. That was one of our early episodes. That's getting hit all the time. People seem to all of a sudden found that and, and are listening to it. Yeah. So phew, there we go. I mean, think of it, though. We've always had stories of giants, even if you go all the way back to Jack and the Beanstalk type thing and, you know, the Disney animated. You know, it's not like it's a... a Something that is brand new. It's always everybody's yep. had that kind of woven through your history if you've heard those stories as a kid. Right. So, you know, maybe it's one of those things you kind of plant that seed like, hey, it's normal. Yeah, there yeah. used to be giants and, you know. Well, we actually have an article today that's about giants. We're not going to go there just yet. Not yet. But uh, yeah. we shall get there. Is there anybody else we want to shout out? I know that's a long list. There's Pretty much anybody that uh, is listening There's to our show lot. or has subscribed or is. Uh, we appreciate all of you. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate the heck out of it. Very um, much. We are definitely, you know, it's one of the things we keep looking at. You want to see growth in anything you do, whether you're playing an instrument or, you know, learn how to make cheese at home or whatever your passion <laughs> is. You know, you want to get better at it. Right. You always want to get better at it. And. We hold ourselves to a pretty high standard of, like, we'll get done. I watch the shows because I want to know, what yeah. did I say that didn't make any sense? Like when I said, <laughs> it's a marathon, not a race. <laughs> yeah. And I should have said, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But And we have uh, – Disbro is really good at, at catching those. Yeah. And telling us after yeah. the show, like, hey, bub, all right, you had a real dinger this one. <laughs> no. So, it's so good. I right. want to actually film that room while we're filming this room we'll so I there. can watch that show after we well, do this show. We're thinking about streaming that on like Twitch or Twitter, Instagram, maybe that'd TikTok. So, that'd be so you much stream fun. that to and, TikTok. Okay. Anyhow, that's let's get to it. That's yeah. Let's you dive got the in. first article. Let's dive in. So, yeah. okay. We're gonna swing right back around mm-hmm. to where we started last week because the game isn't over yet. The ride hasn't stopped. Um, everybody's piggy bank is getting turned upside down and shook right now and the government's coming in and and putting the money right back in there and then some because oops 200 some billion at silicon valley bank if that evaporates that's a big problem um here's what the biggest problem i have with it like your didn't your daughter say why why don't why aren't they just more responsible to that effect like basically explain this stuff to children and they just have the most unbelievably 
Easy answer. Just yeah. why did you do it? Direct. And that's the thing. You know, you had companies that were saying they were making this much money when they weren't. They were fudging their projections. They're just doing like, the wrong thing. They're venture capitalists. I'm sorry. I mean, they play with money to try to make things work. And if it does work, cool. And if it doesn't, I'm not trying to oversimplify it. Obviously, there are people who do very good things with that. I'm not trying to paint everybody with the same brush. But this isn't a new story. So we oh covered gosh, the last week, SVB, Silicon, SVB Valley Silicon Valley Bank. So this FDX, week is UBS Silvergate, is yeah. buying Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse. So there's kind of this like internal bailout. The, the bank in New York went, that went under. Um, you, you have the massive Credit Suisse deal that's going on. Um, you have governments across the world now, not just the U.S. It's over in Europe, you know. Yeah. So we're seeing it kind of starting to shake a little bit, and now we're having, you know, what are we going to insure up to? And then yeah. is it well? Only the big banks are the banks that get the bailout, and you're for, you know, you're a small community bank, and you do everything right. Sorry, you're not big enough that we need to care if you go down. Right. So it's kind of scary. It's it's. Are they trying? Not they. The community know. banks are going to get stuck with the bag. Do we they're, really want? They're not going to get to help. have just like four banks in in the U.S. Like no. you're either at this one or this one or this one or this one. No, I like going back home and I see all the little community banks. Yeah, that's a good thing. We yeah. we need that. Osgood diversity. State Bank, right? The Maria Stein, right? Yeah, all those. So just just a little update. So this article comes from. Um, PBS NewsHour, and um, it's from March 16th. It says Federal Reserve lent $300 billion in emergency funds to banks in the past week. Um, cash short banks have borrowed about $300 billion from the Fed in the past week. The central bank announced Thursday nearly half the money, $143 billion, went to holding companies for two major banks that failed over the past week, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. Now, Signature Bank is out of New York, so triggering mm -hmm. widespread right. alarm in financial markets. The Fed did not identify the banks that received the other half of the funding or say how many of them did so. The holding companies for two failed banks were set up by the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, or FDIC, which has taken over both banks. The money they borrowed was used to pay their uninsured depositors with bonds owned by both banks posted as collateral. The FDIC has guaranteed the repayment of the loans, the Fed said. And they, you know... They kind of tear through this a little bit and say that, you know, the figures are providing a glimpse of the scale of the Fed's assistance yeah. to the financial sector after the two banks collapsed over this weekend. So How much money are they printing to think prop about, up these black holes of losses? Well, it, but it's like we said last week, too, right? Well, if this bank goes down, there are other banks tied into that bank. Oh, man. Almost it's, unequipped. It's think, of it, think of it like a suspension it's a bridge. Web. It's like a suspension bridge. And if one piece of that banking system, no matter... Sometimes how small, I'll say small, but you can you can be a, a smaller big bank. You, you can't be a mom and pop's bank where everybody's FDIC insured up to a quarter mil and nobody's over that. That's not a big deal. Right. Um, but they are tied together so much now that, you know, they, they're they going to have to prop each other up. And with Silicon Valley Bank, nobody wanted to buy it. I don't even know if anybody no. still bought it. No, no, no. No, like that's why the government has to step in. They Everybody were else bankrupt. in the banking no sector looked at that and said, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. This is a terrible idea. Um, so the rest of the money was borrowed by banks seeking to raise cash. 
They weren't going out, but they're trying to raise cash. So likely, at least in part, to pay off depositors who tried to withdraw their money. Many megabanks, such as Bank of America, have reported receiving inflows of funds from smaller banks since the bank failures last weekend. So there we go. We're going to see little banks where people go, I'm not safe at my community bank. I need to go into a Chase. I need to go into a Um, Bank of America. I need to be in a Wells Fargo. I have to be in whatever. And like Necro's saying here in the comments, the Fed coin is coming. Oh, that's and that's that's another. What we were talking about this earlier today when we were kind of preparing for for this conversation. CBDC. Yes, and uh, you know your social credit scores on that, and if you're someone that says something that's not part of the the playbook on the internet or you're open about something, kill switch that goes against. Hey, guess what? You can't go outside the country. You can't use your coin. That's where it starts to get, and is that these banks. Is this all a part of some kind of systematic change where today Xi Jinping just said, use the terminology, bringing in a new world order. Where have we heard that before, too? Yeah, Bush in 1991, yeah. the new yeah. world order speech. Reagan President may have Bush. said it as well. There's a lot of different instances of saying the new world order. I mean, central back digital currency frightens me. Well. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you couldn't just turn off my bank to. account, too. But if it's all... CBDC and everything's just digital because it's effectively what money is, right? At the yeah. bank, they say, you know, Mr. Randley, you have this much money in your account. It's it's just a number. They don't they only have to hold, I think, up with what, ten percent of the deposited uh total. Oh, so if yeah. you give them a hundred dollars, they gotta keep ten of that. Right. Right. And, and the rest is just this is one of the problems that we numbers. have. <laughs> this is one of the problems real. that we have is what they yeah. do with our money to try to make money and the bets that they make. And they're losing. Bet, again, they're losing. No, that's what's going on here, right? And now there's regulation they have a bunch that's of trying to be. And they're, you know. Well, that's a, that's another. Options that are belly up. That's another problem with Credit Suisse and Bill Huang from Archigos and why Credit Suisse um, has a very big swap position that is. Not a good one. And it's, yeah, time ba- tied back to the, I'll use the term conspiracy, but to the analysis of the meme stocks and GameStop and Bed Bath and & Beyond and where all of these different positions were hid and moved and shifted. And yeah. so, again, when I'm watching this, I'm watching two stories unfold. I'm watching, A, the banking sector, which is inherently tied into Wall Street. But then you also have these other sectors like venture capital firms don't necessarily have any involvement in that. They just have a lot of money. and it's being stored in those banks. A lot of money. Right. Like there were certain That's companies that had undisclosed amount of billions of dollars at that place. You cannot you lose billions of dollars. Like So that was the big yeah. – that's one of the unique things about Silicon Valley Bank though too is if that was any other bank, any other bank, would the government step in for this? Right. No. Because I mean, it's a unique situation where there's a lot of uh, – of, uh, how deep does money, the web go? A lot of money that's deep. not you keeping your money there. It's not some millionaire keeping his extra yeah. millions. It's it's a unique situation that it was like this is like a powder keg of money that's propping up a giant sector of the U.S., uh, especially out west and, and, again, in the bigger cities where tech startups, you know, yeah. health startups are. Yep. So that's why, what, like, I'm watching this. Um, you know, we've also – this is another kind of deeper level, but the reverse repo rate, the, the amount of money that banks park overnight at the Fed's facility to gain a small amount of interest because for the past two years, they have not had confidence in the stock market to invest that money. Yeah. But you can't hold it on your balance sheet as a debt. You don't want it as a liability. So every night they park it. Every day, something like $2 trillion 
changed right. his hands. And that's only ballooned up since all of the meme stock saga craziness. Hmm. So again, I could be terribly wrong. It's not financial <laughs> advice. I have no degree in investing. No, don't follow me <laughs> no. <laughs> on that. But Bob has some good theories. Man, I'm telling you, um, something's going to happen. Well, something's got to happen. Anyhow, that's that's my soapbox. Get your popcorn ready. Just keep your eyes open. Watch your watch your money. Watch your retirements. Watch where you're investing. Um, at this yeah. point, at no entity is too big to fail. At this point, Bitcoin hit uh, twenty eight thousand today. You know why? It's like a month ago. It was that eighteen, nineteen? People are moving money there, and they're buying physical gold and physical silver and physical platinum, and they're buying. Yeah. Commodities instead of uh, securities. Rushing back into crypto. Some people are <sighs> hesitant with everything that's happened with FTX, and that's a whole nother part, FTX, which geez. seemed like the beginning of all of this that we're seeing now was how many banks and different groups were connected into Alameda Research and let FTX. Me, and let me give you a couple of my favorite Billions of money that just disappeared over there. Okay. FRC, First Republic Capital, the Mm -hmm. stock collapsed 90% in six months. Yet analysts were recommending to buy First Republic. Of 23 recommendations since 2023, 12 were buys, 10 were holds. Only last week when regional banks began collapsing did some analysts change their positions to hold. This is what I've kind of tried to say before, too. Like, you've got to be – if you're watching the stock market from that aspect of like what's just being reported to you, and again, those those ratings agencies will tell you like, right. hey, you know, they're they're still a buy. Jim Cramer will tell you, hey, it's still a great buy. Don't sell, you know, Jim Silicon Cramer. Valley. Don't sell SVB. Don't sell this. It's a good he was, buy. He was telling people to sell Bitcoin, and then it rallied for he inverse that guy. Whatever he recommends, does the other somebody way. do like puts? They do an inverse ETF of yeah, his, inverse ETF, of his right. calls. So UBS chairman uh, just said after taking credit switch uh, positions, um, these guys were saying that credit Suisse went down because of uh, social media. That's some of the answers for these. <laughs> That's what, craziness. What, it was some kind of a, a bad look because social people on social media were talking about their bank failing. The Credit Suisse chairman blamed Stop. collapse on retail investors. Well, because yeah. what? There's bank runs. All that spreads through Twitter. People start freaking out. I mean, no, you're failing because you made bad bets. You didn't do so well. Well, and you want to hear the crazier part? 60% of institutional investors said they have used Reddit for investment decisions. For the Brunswick Group, so Wall Street bets, Super Stonk, <laughs> Game Jungle, all kinds of weirdness going on. Th- that stuff's heavily monitored. Oh yeah, and infiltrated sure. with. It's wild. It's, I'll, yeah. I'll get off that. Go ahead. I'll get off that. Are we okay? We're ready to move on. Yeah, I think so. That's, okay. I got way too much fire for all that. <laughs> Do a whole show and let Bob I just could. ran about this stuff. That's great. Uh, so I'm with you, Bert. And he said, I just want enough money to ghost hunt and make content all the time. Oh, Amen. dude. Right. Cause at a certain point, how much money do you really need? Like I said, I want a sweet tree house that's connected to a hobbit hole and a really dope property with the pole barn with the studio. And then after that, I need a camper, you know, someplace to disappear out to, uh, it's, yeah, it's not much to make me happy. Uh, you know, be able to pay for my kids if they want to go to school, little normal things, you know. What? 
Bub's banking bonanza. What grinds <laughs> Bub's gears? <laughs> she said a spiel. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, it certainly does grind his gears. All right, Mike. And rant. Take us back into the strange world that we all love, not the strangeness of these depraved financial <laughs> instruments of the world. All right. We're going to take it up a notch in, in happiness also. Uh, scientists are close to finding a hidden underwater civilization. Uh, and this is... Uh, Hello. Yeah. Right. Come on. So this is popularmechanics.com. We love uh, them. So Doggerland is an ancient landmass submerged under what is now the North Sea. A large body of water among England, Denmark, and Norway. Uh, so this Doggerland is is because, listen, Doggerland has been submerged under the North Sea... And this large body of water is nestled among the UK, Denmark, Norway for some 8,200 years now. So that's like basically a giant chunk of land that is now submerged and is essentially would probably look like some kind of underwater mountain or mass to us right now. Sure. So 8,200 years ago, this thing was above ground. I mean, that's really close to some of these common impact crater theories. Um, you know, did we hit a big reset button, this world flood, um, you know, the, uh, all the legends and myths throughout the world. So there you go. This thing is underwater. And so the, uh, the Ermston will be analyzing magnetic data gathered using, uh, magnetometers, which are torpedo shaped instruments usually towed behind a ship that leverages an atomic physics principle known as the Overhauser effect to record magnetic fields among the ocean floor. Uh, so they're scanning the, the ocean floor and looking for all kinds of, you know, people probably been using these to hunt treasure. Um, you know, it talks about shipwrecks, iron ore deposits. Loch Ness. Yeah, they sure. It for, yeah, they, yeah. They, it's like dragging the the dummy seal behind the boat to get yeah. the jaw. Yeah, you know, great wise to jo- great white jaws. I'm <laughs> sorry, I had a small uh, TIA get- there. The, <laughs> the great whites jumping out of the water at those seals. They throw them behind them, and they yeah, they kind of have the same um, fluid dynamics as like a torpedo, and they smoothly then can scan behind them. Right. So they're looking at uh, trying to find things like middens, which are essentially trash dumps filled with bone and other biological material that can give an intimate snapshot of how Mesolithic Doggerlands lived. And so, you know, you have good examples of Yonaguni, the Bimini Road. You know, they're using magnetometers. Um, and and uh, before they go down and dive, you want to make sure that there's something down there first. Right. Um, and so, you know, in ancient times, these shorelines, they were just so much further up into the sea. Right. So you start pulling back those layers. Uh, th- there's so much because, and the reason why it's so difficult is because you're dealing with currents. Right. You got to have a really specific special diver that knows what they're doing in a lot of these areas. Or you have to go down and, and try to find these things. Right. Like the lost city of Krishna. They thought that was a mythological city. Turns out it's not at all. It's actually a real oh, really? place off the coast of India that they really did find. That was about five years ago. And it just took these magnetometer scans. 
and then eventually getting a dive team down there. But it just takes so long because, you know, it's it really, ain't really hard to do. It's not easy. Yeah. Well, it's the water, too. I mean, you go out for a long Currents expedition. nuts. It's not cheap. Um, right. You know, you can't just go 10 out in your van for weeks mm-hmm. at a time and take it easy. You know, you yep. got to deal with elements in a lot different uh, manner. Yep. Um I'll bet Rolo likes Doggerland. Stoner's dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Oh, that's so good. That's hilarious. Uh, you want to pop on the next one? That's really all I had for that one. Sure, sure. Um, and, and just to mention, I I don't know if I even threw any of these articles in this week. I just want to give a shout-out to you and Stoner for uh, grabbing all these. In, I had uh, a couple I had put in. These are all in. stone. Oh, these yeah, are all we, stone. I tossed a couple in, and welcome to the stone. They were. Hour. It's hard with the. Sometimes they're just videos. Sometimes there's deep. It, some of the articles were really, really, really long. So it's kind of hard to. Like you could do a whole show off of the one article that Jeffrey Wilson sent us, which is about this guy from Ohio that pretty much invented the most ecologically two. disastrous two, two twice of the most ecologically disastrous things you could ever invent. Yeah. This guy from Columbus, Ohio, which then moved to Dayton and worked for the Ketterings in National Cash Register, was oh, doing yeah, all yeah. this NCR research that created uh, – we'll do a whole episode on it. It's funny you say that, It's that they were doing research and everybody would be like, the Cash Registry was doing research? The ca- they were a huge corporation, dude. You know who else? National Cash Register. You know who else? And I know this because I had a patient who was an astro uh, – not an astrophysicist. She was – Aerospace engineer, yeah, like seventy years old. She said she worked for Ball Canning Aerospace. And I went, "What do you mean? Like Ball the jars, the canning jars?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah Ball Aerospace. That's who she worked for, and then worked at Wright Pat." I was like, "I don't understand." That's why she's like, "They had so much money." Military got, contracting, but they make jars that can cherries and corn, and but they have an aerospace beans. division, right? Making parts for shuttles, right? And, Got wow. the Amish out there mowing down their crops with a little drone UFO. I'll bet the grays are hanging out, churning butter with them. Jeez. Don't you think? What a statement. <laughs> it's a stretch. <laughs> let it that exi- exist in your mind, bub. Jeez. <laughs> That's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch. It's um, a good stretch. I'll take it. I'll, I'll jump into this one. So we have archaeologists in Japan have unearthed a gigantic 4th century Deco sword that dwarfs any blade ever found in the country. This comes from art.net. And, uh, you know, just let me preface this by saying I know there have been other stories about giant swords, right? Like, Yeah, we covered it. Right. In the yeah, Giants so. episode. This one. Um, Nine footer, right? What did they say? The episode yeah. that we cover, or I'm yeah. sorry, the article that we had found was from like 1800. Taller than that, it might even. But it had a giant helmet yeah. and a nine foot sword. Yep. And this one says archaeologists working in Japan have unearthed a massively oversized sword, a 1600 year old burial site, leading researchers to believe that the unwieldy weapon was buried with the deceased to ward off evil spirits in the afterlife. Measuring a startling seven and a half feet or 2.3 meters, the iron sword was discovered as part of a dig at the Tomio, or wait, 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 Tomoyo Mariyama burial mound located west of the city of Nara. The sword is distinctive in its length and design. In addition to the exaggerated size, far too large for even a burly individual to use for a self-defense against a foe, the sword is also designed with an undulating blade pattern classified in the Deco style. That's a big sword. 
Um, mm-hmm. Other wavy weapons dating from the 4th century have been found, but according to Rico Murase, a researcher with the Nara City Archaeological Research Center, this one is, quote, twice as big as any other swords found so far in the country. Speaking to Live Science, which first reported the discovery last month, Marasi said, It was so long, I doubted it was true. Stephen Mader, an archaeologist specializing in ancient swords, told the outlet, The large Daco is rare, adding, They are prestigious objects of high society that served a ceremonial purpose. So let's pause there. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is they're, they're buried with them. They're for the afterlife. They're not necessarily... So it's more of a decorative, right? Sure. Am, am I right in saying that? Because that's what they're. Did they? Yeah, that's. It, I think they're. It doesn't sound thinking. like they found any um, skeletal remains with it, though, which I find weird. You find the burial of the sword, but you don't find any skeleton with it. Doesn't that seem odd? Anywho. Yeah, it could have been um, some kind of a decorative situation. Yeah. But in your house, if you have a decorative sword, do you just make a big giant ass decorative sword? No. Yeah. No. You would make a sword where someone walks in and goes, oh, that looks like a real sword, even though it's a piece of art and it's meant to hang up on your wall. I see you're just you're not going to make a giant sword. Just be like, I'm going to have all my buddies over so they can see my fake giant sword that's completely useless and is well, decorative. No, no. But I'm saying like if they're thinking like you're going to the you afterlife, make a sword. you need this bigger protection. Like I don't know, bro. I'm trying to think from the, the mm. aspect that it's more of a decorative. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No. No? I mean, look at, okay, say like the, uh, was it the Chinese emperors would make all of the, the terracotta, terracotta. But the terracotta warriors weren't giant. No, no, but what they I'm saying is. They were normal-sized people. I get that, but was that a one-for-one representation for that the was actual the armor? armor or I think they army got darn time? close. That's what I'm wondering. Like, is that it's a scale overkill? Like, would you just say, I'll just bring one person? I don't, I, I'm trying to figure out the logic because obviously I didn't live through that era and understand what their actual beliefs were, or even with the sword. Is it decorative? Yeah, like, you're not ancient Chinese. <laughs> I have never had a uh, <laughs> uh, Ancestry.com done or a 23andMe, Pretty so sure I'm not that sure, you... but I don't think I hail from that nation, although I would love to check it out sometime. I would. They got pyramids there. In Japan? Yeah. No, uh, China. Oh, China? Yeah, dude, China's crazy. Yeah. China's got all a kinds lot of, of cool out Really strange stuff. things that we don't really know about. They have the uh, the Rainbow Hills of China. Have you ever seen that? Pre cool. Literally look like rainbows. Yeah, for the Final Fantasy sword. Exactly. That's what I think of, Necro. Perfect. The Final Fantasy sto- the sword, the giant sword. Uh, 100%. I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It could be. I'm just trying to give all aspects to it because I don't understand it if they're saying that they know that it's decorative already. Like if that's how they know it's like a funerary or like yeah. um, symbolic. But wouldn't you just bury him with – well, I guess there wasn't skeletal remains. So, But I don't know. You're saying, you're saying wouldn't you bury them with a sword that would be representative? Their sword, Their sword in real life. I, I get you, but what I'm saying is I'm trying to merge both of them of saying – they're being buried. The people say, hey, we want to give you protection on your next journey. We'll give you because mm-hmm. we don't know where you're going. Sure, we don't know what it's going to be like. You might need more protection and you're going to be this spirit or this right. entity that can wield this weapon in the afterlife. That's how I'm looking at it. But again, we do have instances of giants, of beings in the historical books, or at least from, you know, anecdotes that would definitely be able to wield a weapon of this size. Right. So I don't put it out of the realm. Of possibility that there were or could have been or might still be 
giants that could wield this weapon. I mean, there's so many accounts. It's right? unbelievable. I'll go and that far. Worldwide. I can't say for sure because I've never seen one, but yeah. I've never seen a Sasquatch either, but I'm pretty sure they exist. Right. Now I am. After last week with DA. <laughs> you are. I was oh having my Sasquatch fever dreams, just like <laughs> sweating and squatching and dreaming. Some of those uh, images from Jesus, um, the gentleman. Payan. Yeah, the yeah. gentleman that was in uh, Gonzo. Gonzo and Breaking Bad. From the Navajo Reservation. Yeah, I don't know how many. Some of those photos were pretty I don't strange. know how many people here were hanging out for that show, but yeah. apparently DA and his crew are friends with Gonzo from Breaking Bad, one of Tuco's henchmen. Yeah. And Jesus. Gonzo, or Jesus is running, Payan, is Native American, uh, Navajo, um, had some friends that didn't believe him that Sasquatch is real. So he went and brought them out. They yeah. camped in a tent. On Big this time skeptical area guy. that was close to the reservation, they showed in the episode, if you go watch it over on his YouTube page, they show some pictures. I don't know what Pretty hour weird. mark it's at. But, yeah, if you look at it, uh, weird. it it's got some very strange uh, images going on to where I was like, what did his friend say? He's like, he's never camping again. He's never going out there ever again. It scared the absolute heck out of him. I was just like, man, I Boy. I don't know. If, if I was with somebody that big, maybe I would feel okay. Because maybe yeah. they could hold Sasquatch off long enough if they were upset. And I'm, right. I'm fairly fast. Maybe Sasquatch. Well, no, I'd, he'd get me. Or she. Yeah. Hell, I'd get taken down by a baby sass probably. You would. Baby sasser. They got that strength, dude. You know? I know. A small chimpanzee could probably take you, take well, you apart. I, that's no joke. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I wouldn't last against a chimp. So uh, you want to move on? Do if you do go to the next one, please do. All right, cool. So giants, yes. Gosh, I wish that was a real thing. I really do want to believe. Wait till we talk to our guests. There's a ton of next uh, couple weeks. I just want to see something. It's all you know. I didn't live in the 1800s when they're writing the town hall report. I didn't get to go to Miamisburg Mound and stand in line. At the town hall where apparently they had this giant skeleton on display. Could you imagine? Where the Smithsonian comes to Miamisburg, Ohio and says, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? <laughs> Let's. They take all the artifacts. They disappear. You contact them now. Hey, where's all the stuff from Miamisburg? They don't know what you're talking about. We weren't there. But here you wrote that you were there. The newspapers wrote that you were there, that the Smithsonian came. And all the townspeople were literally lining up outside the town hall where this thing, huge skeleton, was on display for everyone to see. Yeah. Raiders of the Lost. And by the way, Miamisburg Mound is like an 80-foot conical mound, which is essentially a pyramid. That could have been a pyramid where all—some people think that it actually has like five sides. That thing could have been encased in limestone. And was when you drive across the Miami Berg, the that river valley, that thing just towers over the river valley, dude. You can see it coming from a mile oh, away, yeah. and it's like if that was the spot, and that thing was encased in Ohio limestone and polished up real nice, you would be able to see that thing from miles away. Yeah, it'd be uh, glistening. And it was thirty foot taller than what it is now, and it's big now. 
It'd be wild to see what the world used to look like. You know, I was thinking about it like, uh, you know, if you ever do a home renovation or like growing up in my house, my parents were always changing around furniture or knocking out a wall and building this, you know, tearing out a fire pit. And yeah. I can still walk through the house and be like, that used to be this. And this I remember used to be your, that. And we used to have cabinets here. Your mom here, and dad's and there was bedroom was where your living room is now. Yeah. Well, that was our bedroom too. Or, yeah, All the boys at one right, point. I do remember We turned the strobe light on there and we'd jump back and forth between beds until somebody. Grow up. No, eventually we'd have a mid-air collision. <laughs> You're playing Russian roulette. Oh, for sure. Game. Somebody's getting decked. That was that was the extent of my dad's uh, onstage presence as a musician was having a strobe light and homemade coffee can right. lights. <laughs> park cans? Yeah. Like literally made his own park cans. That's Folgers. amazing. Folgers, yeah. Okay. Sorry, we got Anywho. off on track there. We'll get back on track. Here we go, Bob. There we are. You ready? 1,400-year-old mural of a two-faced man unearthed in Peru may allude to... A Cosmic Realm, okay. LifeScience.com. Okay? I'm in. Two murals of a two-faced man holding unusual treasures, including a goblet that hummingbirds are drinking from, a detail that may allude to the sacrifice in Cosmic Realms, uh, were recently discovered in a 1,400-year-old archaeological site of Panamaraca. Did I say that right? I think so. Uh, Panamaraca. Panamarca in coastal Peru. The murals were unearthed by archaeologists in August of 2022. Uh, Pararaca, or actually, I think it's just Panamaraca, is an archaeological uh, architectural complex loaded in, uh, located in Peru's lower uh, Nefina Valley. The hall with the two-faced men contains numerous other murals, including examples of depicting a priestess a serpent, and a bat. Despite all the decades of study, much of the hall is still, unex- is still unexcavated, and more murals are likely waiting to be found. The team said it's still unknown how the, uh, the Moke used this hall. In one mural, which sits near the top of the pillar, a man with two faces, one looking left and one looking right, holds a feather uh, a feather fan in one hand and a goblet and four hummingbirds drinking from it in the other. The second two-faced man painted lower on the pillar has a moving feather fan in one hand and a stick-like object in uh, object that is only partly preserved in the other. Researchers say that artists may have been experimenting with how to depict movement. Both men were wearing what looks like headdresses or crowns on their heads in colorful clothing that... Uh, has elaborate patterns in what appear to be sizable belts. The murals were drawn between A.D. 550 and 800, at the time when a civilization known as the Mocha flourished in coastal areas of Peru. The Mocha built uh, sizable temples, engaged in human sacrifice, and created the fine works of art, much uh, such as ceramic goblets that are sculpted in the shape of human heads. They lived before a writing system was used in Peru. So the Peru gen- generally thought of as the Inca, the mm-hmm. Inca Empire. But, I mean, just like anywhere else, there were so many other cultures living next to the Mayans that were maybe slightly less advanced that, you know, you have right. these tons of offshoot civilizations. It's going to rub off a little bit. That are all kind of mixing and, and merging together. The Incans, the Mayans, they kind of just excel Above everybody else. Right. Uh, but right. there's so many of these 
um, you know, a little splintered like civilizations in the, in the Caribbean island, for example, the original okay. indigenous people of the islands, which when Columbus landed immediately, they just spread all that disease. But right. those cultures were super, super advanced. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're living right alongside the same time as the Mayans. And they're just developing out here on these islands. They're not building big pyramids and stuff. But, you know, you have just amazing artwork. Yeah. Like, you this need to, is... You need, to, you need to save things. You need to preserve things <clears throat> historically. You right. Know, that, that's... That from the word Beautiful. go, once we started getting language and images and, and a right. system of catalog and documentation and, you know, yep. it, it's it's something that, you know, we know that our memory can only go so far. Yep. And so we have to augment that and use other mediums to store our memory. Right. right. I mean, these art, these folks studying this thing are just completely blown away. I believe it. The hummingbirds is really cool. If you look kind of dig in on that that image with the the hummingbirds, it's really really bizarre. But look at that paint. Right. You know, just how vibrant that is. Well, the yellow and the the maroon. Speaking of, so cool. Quality kept craftsmanship from a time lost. This last weekend, what did we get to see? Oh boy. Crystal skull. Right. Right? Like, oh man. Comes out of Belize and the Mitchell Hedges story. Yeah. Um Bill yeah. Holman had this it out weekend, it. just a heads up for what, what we're talking about is right. we we're out at the Serpent Mountain Star Knowledge. Had a great time. I had a great uh, time. Helped Arthur Cushman, super fascinating guy. I got to talk with him a little bit backstage. Yeah, he's got some great um, stories. Met uh Daryl and Michael Lee Hill and some folks that uh we're going to definitely try to get on the show. Yep. Got to see um, Terry and Tom for the day. Jeff. Terry and Tom hung out with Tom. Tom, yeah. Tom told me some, of By course, the way, new paranormal stories. Got yes. Your, and we have a close-up uh, of that. New piece of uh, art that we got from Tom. Yep. Comes from the uh, House of Fakoff's Rock Shop. Yep. In Locust Grove. And a uh, little alien crystal skull. He does some great work. He had some really cool pieces out there. Yeah. But trying to tie those two together of, you know, what we're saying, you know, storing that information and, and what is the skull and, yeah. you know, what do we do with some of these? Dude, Bill has the, in the morning, they do uh, crystal skull meditation. Mm -hmm. And so they're doing crystal singing bowls. And dude, that sound for just, and then the skull. And yeah. it, it really is that, you that thing. You could feel the energy in that room. Mm-hmm. That day when I walked palpable. in, I was like, I could only be in there for a little bit at a time for the first intense. couple of minutes because I was like, there's a lot happening in here. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. felt like I was getting charged up. I was like, I, yeah. got, I haven't even had a coffee yet. I got to step yep. outside. Yep. And we were going to have Bill on the show on, on Friday. Unfortunately, we had to reschedule. That fell through. So We were going to interview Arthur. That fell through. That's okay, though. No, it absolutely is. Yeah. It's just, you know, we, we know captured that they're Arthur's busy talk. people. Yeah. That we was know they're great. Busy. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was a, it was a fun time, but again, if anybody, if you have a chance to go see it, check it out sometime. Yeah. If you see him on on a, a circuit, his name is Bill Holman. Yep. Um, you got anything? No, I think that's good to, to that one. All right, next one, we're going to continue on with the uh, 
primate category, we're going to get into some uh, great apes co conversation. Go. Comes from Psychology Today, and uh, the article is from March 16th. It says, "Great apes alter their mental states by spinning rapidly." New research on captive apes supports what Jane Goodall observed in the wild. So a recent open access research paper published in journal Primates by psychologist Adriano Lemira and linguistics professor Marcus Perlman called Great Apes Reach Momentary Altered Mental States by Spinning. And I'll just say this first. We've probably, if you haven't ever seen a video of like a gorilla or a chimpanzee or, any, you know, they've wondered sometimes like why they do that in captivity too. And it's like, man, maybe they're just like, they've gotten to that point. They figured out like, I'm just going to yeah. sit here and do this to myself. Right. Um, but um, the article was, uh, you know, kind of captivating because um, Goodall's observations are similar, um, right? That she had seen in behaviors in wild chimpanzees. So Lemuria and Perlman analyzed 40 YouTube videos of 132 episodes of captive apes rope spinning consisting of 709 rotations that mainly occurred during solitary play. They focused on the rotational speeds and duration of spinning by chimpanzees, orangutans, gorillas, and bonobos, and compared the speeds of spinning with how humans spin, right? So, summarizing their work, Lemira and Perlman wrote, closer inspection of the 43 cases when individuals released the rope revealed further evidence of dizziness. In 30 of the bouts, the animal, animal immediately sat or laid down. In seven of the bouts, the animal moved a short distance and then sat or laid down. And in only six bouts did the animal keep its balance and remain on its feet. So spinning, they are kind of correlating, induces these highs in, spiritual, in spiritual, spirituality. Jesus. Tough one. It's usually not. <laughs> but Stoner and I were talking about this earlier. Like, why do this? Why would it give them this break? You know, if you do this and you kind of like hijack your consciousness, right? Yeah. You can you can make your senses fail you. That's what they're kind of finding out well, in that that's moment. that's like drumming and dancing. Right. And you, get, you build your energy up. And there's something about that sound, that repetitiveness and the movement. You know, uh, whirling dervishes. I know that's always been a there you go. fascination of yours. Oh, yeah. Whirling, for some reason, I think you were a whirling dervish maybe <laughs> I in ancient times I or, or or some remnant oh, of. Oh, dear. I don't know. Well, Not at this age. I don't think I could do it. Yeah. But that's the, the whirling. And, you know, Terrence McKenna uh, had the stoned ape theory where yeah. he thought lower primates were coming down from the trees, turning over cow patties, eating mushrooms, and within a short period of time, all of a sudden these hominids, their brains grow, they start to have communication and language, and then eventually, you know, did psychedelics, supercharged our evolution. Right. Um, apes are, they're like, I mean, they're very close to us. We alter our state of consciousness all the time. Yeah. You might not be boozing, Caffeine, or you might sugar. not. Yes, literally. I, it always drove me crazy in medicine because you can give somebody water and that's considered a drug. IV. Yeah. You can give somebody oxygen if you're not right. a nurse. Mm -hmm. If you're a PCA and you go and turn somebody's oxygen on. Yeah. That can be administering a medication. So well, there are all the these avenues where people go, "Well, oh, that's a drug," or "This is a drug." Guess and it's what, like bro? Everything. Guess nearly what, bro? Everything Guess is a drug. What? what? We're all holding. <laughs> we are all holding right now. Our brain produces DMT, which is an illegal substance. True. We're all holding. Yeah, it's true. Every one of us right well, now what, are that, walking down the street. There's the joke that we have the best pharmacy in the world. That's a Bill Hicks quote. We have the best that's pharmacy in the world in our, in our bodies. Yeah. 
naturally occurring. We can produce almost, I won't say all of, but we can produce a lot of the chemicals that we synthesize to take care of what our body can naturally do. Yeah. Right? Actually, I think that was a McKenna quote. We're, we're all holding. It could be. Um, <laughs> the researchers like and the researchers draw that parallel too, where they, you know, they discuss the uh, primate spinning. Yeah, you know, is very parallel to you know humans voluntarily seeking and engaging in altered experiences of self perception and situational awareness. So that's what I was trying to say is, you know, they're they're doing this to shake themselves out of their normal ability to interpret the world. Like getting to that's as altered as they can get. They can't go to the bar. Why wouldn't you want to? There are chimps that used to smoke cigarettes and drink beer. Like oh, for sure. movie chimps. Yeah. Like the chimp that was down at like the the it was after they were too old to be in films. There was literally like a retirement community. And this chimpanzee used it was an NPR episode. He used to like smoke cigarettes. Smoke drink. cigarettes, drink his sodas, have a beer. He'd watch his own <laughs> movies. He had his own apartment. It it's was craziness, so bizarre, but um, uh, the data also um, discussions and reminded me of uh, Jane Goodall's observations of wild chimpanzees engaging what she called waterfall dances. So uh, Goodall wondered whether these dances are indicative of religious behavior, right? Like, like precursors we're saying. of reli- uh, religious ritual. Yes, she describes static dance, yeah. powwows, you yeah, know, drumming. Absolutely. She said that she would, you know, uh, see chimpanzees approaching one of these waterfalls with slightly bristled hair, a sign of heightened arousal. Uh, quote, as he gets closer and the roar of the water, like, gets louder, his pace quickens, his hair becomes fully erect, and upon reaching the stream, he may perform a magnificent display close to the foot of the falls. Standing upright, he sways rhythmically from foot to foot, stamping in the shallow, rushing water, picking up and hurling great rocks. This waterfall dance may last 10 or 15 minutes. Oh, they're tripping out. And, she, and it goes on. In their own way. Say, right. Goes they're, on. they're expanding. They're, they're altering, I should say. Their normal consciousness. I get, I get, I could stare at a fire for hours. Oh, I could and sit get at a zoned. waterfall. Yeah. So why are we, we don't need to have that high of intellect to appreciate something like that. A little kid can appreciate that. A baby can watch a waterfall and, and not get fully, but it's going to engage you. There's something about it. Like it's just, it's a it's show. The sound, it's it's the a sound. It's a sound. Yeah. Seeing it, the hearing yes. it, the vibration. But also trying to understand where is that coming from? Why is that sound being made? Like it's a Why learning experience. Like right. What's going on there? Right. Why do we like that? <laughs> right. Uh, last part of this says. Built chim- into us, bud. Yeah. Chimpanzees also dance at the onset of heavy rains and during violent gusts oh, of wind. Go. Goodall asks, is it not possible that these performances are stimulated by feelings akin to wonder and awe? After a waterfall display, the performer may sit on a rock, his eyes following the falling water. What is it, this water? So, again, she's saying the same thing. They're they're having this, like, almost, like, spiritual, like, come to Jesus moment of, like. It, oh, yeah. So you can do that. You can have an influence like that. You know, um, if, my gosh, the stoned ape theory, like you're saying, like, what if what if you gave a chimpanzee hallucinogens or psychedelics or something like that? And I mean, that's. Jeez, that's like a wow. Futurama episode where Dr. Farnsworth makes the uh, hat for the little chimpanzee and it's smarter than Fry. Right. I love that episode. That's Stoner's what dad that. asked if uh, anybody referring to the Lancelot link, the secret chimp, never heard about this. Secret chimp? Yeah. 
The Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp, is an American action-adventure comedy series that originally aired Saturday mornings on ABC. What? Oh, 1970. That makes sense. This is, they weren't on reruns in the 80s. Maybe this was the chimp down at the uh, retirement home. He smoked cigarettes. Seven-figure budget. Dang. Yeah. With location <laughs> filming props and costumes and, oh, wow, hey. staging, training the animals. Dude, they used to do all kinds of wild stuff in the 70s. People were getting wild in the 70s. That's stuff you couldn't do. I don't, animal rights activists. I don't think – do you think that's ever going to stop happening? I mean, what are you talking about? Like uh, how people in 30, 40 years are going to be like, man, it was wild in 2020. Well, I'm telling you. Yeah. In 2060 or 2070 or 2080. Some of that. I remember the chunky kid. He was smoking. a detective. Okay. God, I think I remember this now, actually. I don't. But. <laughs> oh, man. I'm glad it's out there and, and yes. saved for record. I remember the chunky kid smoking just, just crazy. That's hilarious. Hey. All right, everybody's getting some memories stirred up. Thank you so much, Stoner's Dad, for that comment. Before I forget. Stirring up memories in all of us. Before I forget, because I'll forget this. Yeah. I just want to say, we had the episode come out uh, Monday, this morning, last night, right, with uh, VJ. Orisa Baluser. And we had the the disclaimer and the robot that came on beforehand. We just want to say, if you have downloaded it, if you have listened to it, we've tried to kind of streamline that as much as possible because he does have a difficult time communicating. But we just want to say we appreciate his time and thank you for listening to that one as well. Dealing with Um, cancer and and some chemo. Yeah. I just really wanted to remember to say that before we cut tonight. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, we appreciate your patience on that one. We do have a, a... a little bit of a fun robot disclaimer. Yes. Uh, that was so cool. Just letting everybody know. Um, but is, is that all of them? Did we do nope, we do you got all one more. Okay. You're the last one. Okay. We got the last one we have here is. It's the final headline. It's the final one. Ex-Navy pilot who's seen UFOs in flight calls for investigations of aerial phenomenon. We need to be curious, he says. Former Navy pilot Ryan Graves says others are reluctant to come forward with similar stories. I'll bet. Yeah, and that's going to be the— I'll bet. Again, talked about this before, and this article is by Jeffrey Clark. Get you stationed at the North um, Pole real Fox quick. Fox News Garden, is really uh, covering a lot of UAP UFO stuff. I think they're Which striking the hot iron. Interesting. They're you know, striking the hot iron. I think it's a good business model for them to be Ratings are ratings. Stuff. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait till they make it into an episode on Succession. Oh, my God. <laughs> you love Succession. That show is so good. Tom Wamsgams is so good. Him and Greg. If you haven't seen it, just give it a spin. So this one is basically our weekly UFOs, wee, our government, wee, wee. hiding UFO <laughs> information from us. And we're just going to complain here for a little bit. Okay. Here we go. So Ryan Graves, former Navy pilot, again, got this military connection. That's what it's going to take is some of these guys that have been out there in the field that are now in government. Ryan Graves. It's going to take a steady trickle. Recommend you. Yeah. Thank uh, you for doing it. It's we called on it. Congress to investigate uh, the UAPs phenomenon, also known as UFOs, in the skies above the United States. UFOs. Graves spent about 11 years in the Navy flying F-18s in the advanced fighter plane uh, and was also a flight instructor. However, throughout his career, he has yet to receive a definite answer on the phenomenon that he and other members of his squadron have dealt with for years. He says, while I was in the Navy, myself and others 
in my squadron had an experience that continues to this day and at first was something that we didn't have a name for, Graves said. At first, objects showed up as contacts on our radar, contacts on our camera system, until eventually, Graves said, we were seeing these with our eyeballs. Two aircraft from my squadron were flying side by side, and one of the objects went right between their aircraft, he added. Graves said that his squad member described the object as a dark gray or black cube inside of a clear sphere. Pause. Sphere. Pause. Explorers? Yes. Right. The bubble? Yeah. The hyper bubble? Mm hmm. Soft disclosure? <laughs> In the black cube. Tell you what, that's been the softest disclosure for a long time, if that's soft disclosure. (laughs) That's ultra soft. (laughs) But here you go. I mean, you Uh, you hear that quite a bit. Like there's a structure inside another structure. So you have kind of like this. uh, That's the first time I've heard of a bubble. But the first Sorry, time I've I'm heard calling of the, it a bubble, but a, a sphere it's and a plasma. bubble. It's like sphere plasma. Sphere and a bubble are the same thing, correct? Yeah, it's yeah, probably plasma thing. or, you know, it's emitting some kind Force of field like, bubble, gravity bubble. Like, yeah, you remember? But you can see it. Bob Lazar's explanation of how a UFO actually moves is yeah. how it bends gravity. It doesn't propel it. itself, it just literally is tipping forward or backward yes. like a bowling ball on a bed. And if you put your hand in front of it, you're warping the gravity in front of that bowling ball and the bowling ball will roll towards Bulls. your hand. Right. So that bubble, and again, it would explain a ton about USOs and right. unidentified right. submerged objects that can do crazy speeds underwater where the drag coefficient is much higher than going through the air unless... Right. Right. You're in something that is not being affected by that. Yep. Hey, Cryptid Huntress joining us. transmedium presence. Uh, hey, what's up? Cryptid Huntress. Hello. Uh, she just said, my field research team documented a black cube portal one night, and we sent it, uh, sent two men into it. Wait, what? What? Okay. What? What does uh, that mean? <laughs> Can I go into this portal? Well, we might have to chat. Yeah. Uh, you might have to tell us more about that. Yeah, we're going to have to Jessica. dig deeper on that. Yes. Um uh, Wow, that's incredible. Now, the black cube, the black cube of Saturn. Um, what is there more comments? <laughs> Necro. And then <laughs> I didn't see all that. She right. said that, and then Necro's going in. And. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might have to save uh, that. Save yeah. that for an episode. Yeah. Hey, if you, yeah, keep that on the sim. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, or we can track down. I'm sure they probably covered it on their show. If you guys want to uh, check out the Cryptid Huntress, yeah. doing amazing stuff. Uh, Another awesome. very cool channel. Yes, absolutely. So sh- we're probably all going to go track that story oh, down. I've definitely checked out her show. Yep. Um, but, yes, we will track soon. Thank you so much. Cool. Um, the You know, the black cubes, black. Th- there's a lot of esoteric kind of background and belief uh, the black cube of Saturn being kind of one of these early, early kind of people related to these kind of dark, uh, occultic, uh, ancient secret societies where the black cube of Saturn is connected with all sorts of strange things. Right. So the fact that, you know, this being a black cube, um, you know, the black cube portals, all these things are connected in some way. Maybe this craft this black cube was a portal you know what i mean maybe it wasn't a craft maybe it was some kind of machine a a portaling machine 
you know, it's fun to think about. That just blew my mind. Right? I mean, that really just blew my mind. I think that's what we're talking about here, right? Mind. Now I totally understand what Joel's talking about of jumping in the portal. Would you do it? Yes. You would jump in the portal? Uh, yeah. Well, I'd get on the ship. Portal? I'm not getting in. I'm not jumping into the portal. Can you stick your head in it? If I can bring it, like it my head back. around and just see what's there. Sure, I think I'd do that. What if you if look you through that portal? In. I mean, obviously, you're not going to jump through it if you're going to, like, land out in space on the other side. But like, Right. Well. well. Okay, well, 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 let's rehash this, though. <laughs> let's stop. <laughs> God. You're getting on I already the, forget where I was. You're getting on the plane or the UFO, though. Mm-hmm. You will get on the UFO because sure. there's still going to be the clone of Mike on Earth, and right. you can always time travel back because they can go that fast mm-hmm. that it'll be like you never left. So you would do that one. The portal, right. you're saying maybe. I don't know. It'd be a tough one. Put you for a possible. Yeah. Okay. Possible. Uh, so back to the, the article, if you want to hear more about that, there's a couple more points I think that are – uh, interesting, and like you said, con- they show up as contacts, and then they show up as on the camera system, um, and and so they're emphasizing here that these objects were at times strangely stationary. There you go. Is a portal going to be moving around? Is this black cube some kind of thing that opens up? Yeah. And the black cube is just like the power source to open up the portal, maybe. And so if it's just sitting there, if, if the black cube was some kind of craft, it wouldn't be moving around. It's just going to hang out there and be the portal generator. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. The energy source. The but bridge. it's interesting that this guy's saying that, hey, they're not necessarily they're, – they're stationary. They're just sitting there. Okay? Well, but we've and had didn't UFOs be- and UAPs do that too with being stationary. Well, then- he said they didn't behave like tethered balloons. Um, Graves said that the squad member described the object as a dark gray or black cube inside of a clear sphere. Right. So maybe the clear sphere is the portal. Uh, that was because Graves said these objects could also move at extremely high speeds. Right. So, okay. okay. But again, the black cube is the machine. Maybe it is something that can move around. Um, eventually, we could see these objects proceeding about 0.6 to 0.8 Mach on average, which is also about 250 to 350 knots at those altitudes, and that they would be either in some type of holding pattern or seemingly just proceeding in a single direction. Doesn't necessarily behave like some kind of a craft would. You well, know, like your typical, your tic-tac. Not like... your. Your sphere, flying saucer. No, but we've we've heard stories, and there are, I'm sure, many documented accounts of these same movements of no. dropping to like you know just a few feet above water to fifty to sixty to seventy thousand feet up, like sure. in the blink of an eye. To you know, it's tracking over here in the northwest corner of a state or city. To it's on. And I mean, like yeah. almost like it's it's teleporting, like almost like it's not even moving, but. Well, I guess I don't know if they have any kind of confirmed tracking on that. Yeah. I know it just is like in a blink of an eye, these things are. Oh, um, there. Yeah. Cryptid Hunter says, yes, the cube portal we experienced moved and disappeared. What? Yeah. So, wow. Okay. When you say it was a portal, like, did something come through it that made it a portal? Because. <laughs> Local. Burton says he will straight up just, he's ready to watch you up close walk into that portal. 
He's my man. Be, my Burton man. is going to document it all. He's going to be the witness. There we go. And we're all going to hopefully see Bub again. And he's going to be able to make his way back. But I've seen Stargate. You know. <laughs> stuff come back from. She's Kurt seen Star- Kurt Russell. I've seen didn't Stargate. make it back. He didn't make it back? No. Why would happen? He ended then? up nuking. Oh, he had to do that. He, he ended Yeah. I he, forgot he didn't the movie come a little bit. Yeah. yeah. He ended up nuking the entire, like, Atlantean Egyptian civilization. Stucky said he'll hold the rope. <laughs> me and Brad, me and Brad are going going into the portal. Then, yep. Let's better, roll. Better bring a lighter and an extra pack of cigarettes. Right, we're gonna need it. You're gonna bum all Stucky cigarettes. I off am. Uh, so uh, that was really the the last one. I mean, that was. Uh, I think that was all of them. That one was good. I enjoyed every one of those. And Absolutely. we did. We have we, protocols set up for the next time we experience the portal. They involve ropes tied around one's waist. Yes. See? I'm telling you. All comes together, baby. I'm telling you. This is great. Um, we're going to get back with. That wants to trade places like the, the prince and the portal popper. That oh is my God. That is the futuristic Prince and the Popper. The Prince and the Portal Popper. Wow. So in another version. Unreal, like Bob. Burton Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Did you just Okay. Because Burton said, what if you see You're the Portal the Popper? The other version of Yeah, I'm pro- I'm the Popper. You're Def, the Popper. I'm the Popper. For sure. <laughs> Feel like jangling from life. I'm the Pappy. I mean, <laughs> portals always get brought up in this show, Dude, by the way. I'll tell you what. First mention I, think I ever we heard have of more, portals was the first account of We have more evidence now than ever. Of seeing things coming through the portal. Yeah, dogmen. Portal, portal doppelgangers are real. Oh, wormholes create. You know what? Don't, we need to ask okay. Tom about that, though, Because uh, Tom's got port, uh, doppelgangers like. Well, what did Tom tell us? I don't know. What is actually happening in that house? He thinks his house is a portal. Oh, he thinks his that house property is a portal. Because he said it was made a, by Freemasons and how it traps it energy. It traps all the energy. It's a very, very old house designed by Masons. Yeah. Tom's got all the... And he just had another experience at Serpent Mountain Star Knowledge. Told me a little side story of something that happened recent. Not doppelgamer related, but paranormal related. Okay. But... You know, can that you, was my theory can you right this? there. No. I don't remember it right now. I gotcha. mean, it's going to be way better Tom telling That's it than me. That's a good point. We'll have to have him uh, back on. But that was kind of always my theory with the doppelganger phenomenon at Serpent Mound in that area where we've had people in our YouTube comments hit us up. I have these doppelganger experiences. That. I live in the area. Yeah. The same thing happened to me and my sister. We were just down there. I was in one place. They were in another. Yeah. I mean, Tom was at the event. We drove by the rock shop fully expecting, ladies and gentlemen, to see Tom out there. I thought about stopping in just On to the, check. Just <laughs> we did stop by the we did stop by the spring though. <clears throat> yeah. The freshwater water. spring that is down the road a ways from Serpent Mountain. If you go out and make a it's right. It's right there. It's, but that's uh, where the crop circle was a quarter from. mile. The, the famous crop circle was yeah. right by that uh, that spring. Um, what is Mel's Hole? I don't, I've never heard of that. Have you all explored Mel's Hole by chance? Cryptid Hunters asked. No, I don't think so. What, could you uh, give us a little insight? What is that one? Um, But I still haven't drank the water from, oh, no? from Art Bell. No, I, I've not heard that one. 
Mel's Hole, such an interesting. Okay, I'll check that out. Tell you what, yeah, there. There you go, Burton. Treasure trove there. Yeah, we're learning new stuff all the time, guys. We just love this because, you know, I have my own little niche of stuff I like and interested. But, you know, with, uh, you know, local legends, cryptid huntress, and oh yeah, I'm gonna be looking for Necro and Flutz and Born on the Run and Justin Lamb and all these guys. Like everybody, kind of, everyone has told us about stuff. Everyone that comes on our stream because everybody gets the best thing ever. Right. I mean, it's we like just, extending your antenna. It's like getting satellite dish of strange. Yes, we get all kinds. Well, of We're great tuning stories. in the the dish, right? You know, right? And you know, bring it on. Let's um, roll. Yeah, I mean, I think we're starting to really. Oh, that's what I was going to finish with. Sorry, just to cl- just to wrap it up, the doppelganger effect, which we kind of talked about it. This phenomenon, I think, could be portal related in the sense of bending space and time so it's merging and bending these two realities where in all actuality there are two toms there's probably a thousand toms or infinite that are toms. infinite toms in other realities yeah. that are maybe doing the same exact thing he is but could be doing something completely different somebody's experiencing this like warp in space time where you're able to see that other Tom in that other reality that's down by the mushroom carvings, but the real Tom in our reality is in the rock shop. You understand? I've So if Tom's house is a portal, which he says it is, this is we need to do a whole episode about this with Cryptid Hunters and have Tom on and start putting these pieces together that would be somehow. Amazing. I don't know. We'll, we'll that would be wild. We're on to some because I haven't had anybody connect the portals and the doppelganger stuff. I never knew that doppelgangers before. were supposedly coming from portals. I had never well, heard that, but Tom, I'm very new to the scene on doppelgangers. That's just a theory I've been pushing around in my head, and I think I brought it up on a strange happenings a couple times ago of just my theory on Tom's doppelganger phenomenon and his house and property and the fault line and the. It could all be this giant, the impact crater could just be creating these portals or these. The impact crater coupled with the fault line is like. Coupled with the haunted land. It's like a nuclear bomb of portals. And the ancientness of Serpent Mound and, you know. Think about that too. What if the energy from that area, because we know that the glacier came down and stopped, what, like a mile north of Serpent Mound area? And we're going to meet up at Tom's portal house, yeah. Necro. We need to take a family field trip and just, like, rent all those chalets up on at yeah, Woodland, Woodland Altars. Alders. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And just have, like, two days where we go down. Have a strange road hangout? Yeah, and just go talk to bring everybody to the rock shop. Talking about throwing together a party. I mean, Tom would Tom would totally let us do a probably let us do a paranormal investigation. Maybe I probably shouldn't be saying it. We should probably talk to them first. But I mean, I think there needs to be some investigations. I would say depending in the on area. size and scope and intention of just trying to research it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He kind of did say the one time though. He was like, I don't know if researchers they would don't want, want to come film back it or if the ghosts would no, want no. to be filmed or no. He was just saying researchers have come out to the house openly. But they tend to just get freaked out and leave because of all the weird stuff that's going on that they're just like, they're throwing their hands up in the air. We don't know what's going on. I would think, I would think we would have to share a room then or something or share a a sleep. I'm not sleeping there. 
Where? At the haunted house. <laughs> You're crazy, bro. No. No. I thought I mean, we were going to like hang out and check it out. Sure, that's great, but I ain't sleeping there. Really? No. You're not going to put a tent out? You wouldn't? Maybe, uh, maybe. Tom sleeps there every night. I know, but that's Tom. You know? I, I mean, if it's not... It's their alternate universe. I, what I'm saying is... I think it's okay in the sense if it hasn't affected him and like been a dark cloud. No, no, it hasn't. No, no, no. So that's what I'm saying. Just, we could. We'll see. <laughs> Anyways, we're <laughs> looking way too far into the future for any of these potentials. Uh, I love uh, just the strain on your face when you're thinking about it. You're like, God, but still. I don't yeah, know, bro. Sure. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I think we're good. We can wrap this one up. We're, you know, we're, uh, we're in a good spot, I think. Yeah. Quick mention though, yeah, that we always do at the end, yeah. Please uh, check out our page, like, subscribe. Mm-hmm. We're really close on a couple of things. Yeah, tell your friends if you've already subscribed. We really appreciate it, but we just keep trying to uh, put it, that word out. Close to it, yeah. We're trying to hit some goals, uh, especially in YouTube, and, and we're having a great time doing it. Yep. So you guys can find us at the Strange Road on all the platforms. Uh, keep listening. Keep watching. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of all you guys. You guys are great. Everybody in the chat, all the creators in the chat, go check out their stuff. Um, you know, uh, please, everybody follow Necro Mechanimal because he does these incredible images. Uh, of images. The show. Follow him on Instagram at Necro Mechanimal. If you want a good laugh, and he makes these awesome after the show uh images and no pressure like if this one all of a, you don't make one right and now all of a sudden i just said it i'm gonna feel like a complete idiot but he did make one of da's episode uh and yes and, which was great and uh which was really funny. i think we connected through hollow sky and uh but you know go follow cryptid hunters Bert moran and uh, local legends uh, we've got, you know, I don't know if Cryptids of the Corn was in here tonight, but all these creators, all these folks, go check out their stuff. Follow, yeah, absolutely. Uh, t- take a peek at what they're doing. And uh, we appreciate the hell out of all you guys. Yeah. And we're signing out. Uh, thank you to Stoner and Matt. This bro. Uh, behind the, bro. the scenes. And, yeah, take us out, fellas. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Much love. <laughs>